Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Zar and I'm your host. This week we have an interview with my friend, filmmaker, teacher, I guess you could call him. Um, all around cool dude, Stephen Reedy. I met Stephen through Alex Pardee and uh, Dave Correa through Zero Friends years ago. And I found out that he teaches a course through um, PRS, which is the Philosophical Research Society in Los Angeles, about uh, Manly P. Hall's The Secret Teachings of All Ages. And if you're not aware of that book, look it up. It's really interesting. Anyway, he is his uh he has a like a video class through PRS. I highly recommend it. It's really good, really interesting. And uh, I thought it was so interesting that I thought it'd be good to have him on to talk about it and talk about all kinds of other cool spiritual things. And um, it went so well that we've got a part two scheduled for next week. So I thought it was an excellent interview. And I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about dark art symbology and stuff. Because he's an expert on symbology and uh, stuff of that nature. Anyway, what am I working on? Uh, um, I'm working on a painting. I have, this is the study for it, Stargazer. It's this painting for the LA Art Show that's coming up in February. And uh, the big one, it's 43 by 43 inches uh, is out in the backyard drying in the sun. Um, it pre-sold, which is amazing. So grateful for that. Someone saw the study on, um, Instagram. Amazing. Uh, so I'm working on that and then I have, I'm back to commission work and my solo show starting to got a little sidetracked from that, getting that stargazer done. I just got, you know, all kinds of paintings to do. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, we haven't had a lot of support lately. I understand if people don't have the money, I understand times are tough. If you do have the money, if you have a buck a month, um, you could support us at patreon.com slash dark art society. And it only costs a buck. And for the next two months, February and March, um, uh, Kyle at skull shop, our sponsor, S K U L L. S-H-O-P-P-E, Amazing Skulls, I use for all my paintings, all my skull reference. They look totally realistic. I mean, you can't tell that it's not real, and I'm not even exaggerating. They look so good. I have a real skull, and I have a bunch of Kyle's skulls, and you can't tell the difference. You really can't. It's incredible. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he paints them, honestly. He has a secret formula. Um, anyway, if you join at the at any level... There's a 20% off code for the next two months. And if you join at the $5 level, there is a 25% off code. So it's a pretty good deal. So you can support the podcast and get a good deal on the most amazing skulls you can buy at skullshop.com. S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. And Kyle does this because he's such a fan of the show. He, he listens to it all the time. He tells me, and he loves it, and um, he's a really great person, really cool guy, and uh, happy to be uh, associated with him in this way. And I appreciate what he does for us, for the community. He's doing this for the dark art community. 
anyway, um, yeah. So join up at, uh, I actually wrote a list of <laughs> things that, that finally six years into it, I, I wrote a list of what I need to talk about every intro. Um, so yeah, it go, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash dark art society, join for a dollar, get 25, 20% off skull shop skull, or you could join for $5 or above and get, um, 25% off skull shop skull. Thank you. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. And I have a Patreon too. If you want to check out what I'm doing, it's uh, patreon.com slash chats anyway, here we go. Great interview with Steven Reedy. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Chet. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, doing great. We're here. Yes, finally. Thank What's you. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Nobody knows. Next approximately ninety minutes. Anything could happen. Anything mm. could happen. Okay. Well, lead the way. We're here. <laughs> well, thanks. By for the way, do you like my background? Yeah. What is it? It's uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, a very philosophical anime. By oh, the way. cool. Yeah, and, uh, my kid. Uh, I'm sure my kid is like your age, but he's all, he's always telling me about anime and my kid's like 30 to 31. It's a good age. <laughs> I'm a little bit older than that. Okay. But um, <laughs> well, anyway, I, I think you'd like it too. I, I actually don't like a lot of anime. I probably like two. Oh, anime. really? Uh, uh, but when they're good, they're good. You know? Yeah. No, he's always telling me about the certain ones that either like ones that have really cool monsters or really cool ideas. And it's like, I just, well, I'm old. So I kind of missed it all. It's absolutely <clears throat> esoteric philosophy, yeah, by the way. Yeah. It's this whole metaphor of like the giant robot is like the human vehicle. And then the human driving it is like the soul. And they really play with this. They oh, even cool. weaponize the ego wow. as, as a force field. Um, against incoming angels that want to destroy the world but why and then when uncovering that there's some good um okay. juicy philosophy to play with your kind of stuff yeah i'll have to watch that <laughs> um yes thank you for coming on i appreciate it i mean hell yeah it's a, it's about time um, i know right <laughs> uh uh so i t uh we met through through uh, alex party correct yes and that was how many years ago? 10? My 10, God. 10, yeah, I, think, I don't even I think, know. So, so I, I peripherally knew who you were because of your movie work. And I'm, I'm a nerd for monster stuff. Like from Todd McFarlane on up, I, I just fell in love with cool, dark, dark art. Mm -hmm. Right. And then um, Alex Party went um, on a nationwide uh, quasi autograph tour of sorts mm -hmm. quasi art show quasi autograph tour there's more to it but part of it is we were also documenting finding all the creative people we could around america right. and you were the last stop oh that's right you yeah. went to your house <laughs> and and i didn't realize that um the paintings and the creature work were the same dude mm. like i knew your creature work but okay. i had seen your paintings not knowing who did it so uh that like blew my mind and that was about 13 years ago 13 years ago wow yeah. 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 Well, we uh, hit, hit it right off, but you guys are so nice that it's easy, easy to hit it off with 
All three of you guys. I, you, it was I think you we and, just like creative people. Yeah. You know what I mean? You and uh, that was the goal. Uh, Hang out with creative people and crack their heads open yeah. and, and, and see what's inside. <laughs> it was, and you taught us how to sculpt. That's right. Stroke. Yeah. Yeah. You and uh, Alex and uh, Dave. Dave Korea. Was that it? It was, it was the three of you, right? Um, or was there a fourth? Th- there might've been uh, for, for part of it. We had two other folks. Okay. Um, Sean Leonard was there some of the time. Oh, um, yeah, it might've yeah. just been us three though. Yeah. At that point. Okay. Cause we were dropping people off at various right. states and they join us for other states and then like get off the, get off the van and um, hang out with family and like, you know, um, but when we showed up, yeah, it so, was, I believe it was at least the three of us. And I remember you taught us how to texture sculptures with, I think like a, fo- a football to put sort of that porous kind of, does that make sense? <laughs> uh, was it rolling like a football or a basketball? No, no, I, I'm thinking something else. I mean, it may have been texture stamps that were made from like oranges, like rubber molds of oranges that you that makes press. sense. You flip, yeah. you flip them inside out and uh, it's uh, it's those little nuanced tricks that um, <laughs> are always so masterful and, and and amazing. It's like magic tricks, you know. Yeah, it's fun. So, Sculpting is so, so much fun. So that's how that's how we met, and then it opened up over the, the probably thirteen years. It's been um, discussions <laughs> about philosophy and inspiration and various types of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets very fascinating, right? Like, what is creativity? What is inspiration? Where does it come from within, without, what are the flavors of both, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what our conversations have been uh, ever since. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we've, we've, uh, hold on. I got to shut my door. I left my door open. Hold on. Shut that door. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we've just, talked behind the scenes i guess yeah uh, up until recently when i did my um we we met back up again when uh i spoke with uh i did a speaking engagement with mitch horowitz at philosophical research society and you yes. you introduced it which was really cool really nice of you to do and um yeah, and so it's uh, it's just like and then, okay, and then you, then I took your course, the secret teachings of all ages, uh, uh, a guy I forgot the name of it, <laughs> a guide to Manly the, P Hall, yes, it, it was, but it was like a a, a guide to the secret teachings oh, of all ages. It has the it has the longest name ever, <laughs> and we just decided to go with it. I said it as a joke, and then we went with it. Uh-huh. It is the basic keys to the secret teachings of all ages, which by the way, I need to unpack. I can't just say that because that sounds, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of douchey unless you actually unpack it. Um, the secret teachings of all ages is a very famous book. It's, it's about a hundred years old and it's, uh, it's written by Manly P hall, who was one of the first dudes to travel around the world, mm-hmm. traveling around the world just a few decades earlier. wasn't possible because this thing called an airplane didn't exist. Right. Um, right? So he traveled around the world and just studied every culture. And he's like, I just want to know what everyone believes um, and, and and see if there's commonalities in it. One would say he was the, the prototype to Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. which is just, what are all the myths? What are all the symbols? All right. What are all the belief systems? And what do they have in common? And especially what do they have in common when it, it, it talks about the invisibles? Invisibles being thoughts, emotions, energies. And that's before it gets woo-woo. And then it does reach into some of the woo-woo and it reaches into secret societies just as much as just your common mainstream religions. Mm -hmm. So each chapter of this book is just sort of 
exploring those. Right. And then, um, so this class is to take the really dense that books like chewing that's, on tree bark. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I never read it. Cause it's like, I've cracked it open a few times. I'm like, this is too much, man. I, it's like, this is, it's intimidating. And, and I was, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I don't know why, but like when I read it, I'm like, Oh, I get it. It's pretty easy for me. And, and then I realized, Oh, I'm kind of an immature person also. So if I could like mix some immature casualness in with this dense smart mm. stuff, uh, it might be useful. Yeah. And that's why the class is called the basic keys right. of the secret teachings of all ages. Cause the key is like, you just get a little bit of context and then it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. So it's just sort of unpacking that. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So I, I really enjoyed the the class. I think everybody I'll, I'll link it cause it's so good. It's so good and, and so easy to understand. And, and um, um, just there, there's so much value there as far as understanding it's such a trip. It's a trip. It's like, also the guy was like, what, 22 or 24 or something uh, uh, when he let's wrote see. it? Uh, I, I get the, I get the, crazy. the ages wrong. He was in his 20s for sure. I always forget because he wrote a, a, a popular, very short book um, a few years previous called The Initiates of the Flame. Again, oh, right. mm. a, 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 a spooky title that's actually shockingly simple <laughs> when you unpack <laughs> the meaning behind it. But yeah, he was um, a prodigy. Yeah. He was a prodigy. And some oil tycoon widows, so they inherited all this oil money, right? right. Um, saw him speak, and they're like, you're a genius. You remember everything, and you articulate it well. So they funded his travels around the world. That's amazing. And uh, the, just the amount of productivity this man put out, not just in his 20s, for his whole life. He mm. lived to be almost 90. And he wrote more books than I know, like countless books, lectures, pamphlets, um, all of which are very easy to find online, often for free. Yeah. Um, or buy them if you're a book collector. And he started uh, the Philosophical Research Society as well. That's all. That's Manly P. Hall's deal. Yeah. And the Philosophical Research Society is basically just a place to store all of his uh, ancient relics and text, most of which people can go in and uh, uh, read at the library. And then also they offer classes and lectures. And the whole point he established it is let's just learn everyone's worldviews. Yeah. Like that's it. And then kind of compare and contrast sometimes, or just like literally um, an open forum for anyone who is an expert at um, a cultural or religious or spiritual or scientific or psychological worldview mm. or artistic boom. And uh, it's a wonderful resource for that. If you're a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I think I know I am. And I think it, yeah, most here people we are. who listen to this podcast uh, are nerds uh, in, in one way or another. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so it, it was, it's just, uh, it was, it, it's, it's a great watch. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really well, thank enjoyed you. it. Yeah. Because it's like, it's one of those books, you know, those books you have your whole life and you're like, I got to read that someday. I got to read that someday. And it just seems like, oh man, it's just, it's too much. And then, uh, after, after, uh, taking your class, it was like, oh, okay, I could, I could do this. I could do this. And I get, I get, it's like, I have a context for it now yes the context and also i wonder it was written pre-world pre-world war ii Mm. and it seemed to be up until world war ii the world but especially america but especially los angeles was really getting into esoteric philosophy Mm. and then things changed after world war ii and 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 it just kind of dropped out of the um the lexicon i guess so maybe when it came out people had more context because the book lacks a lot of context Mm -hmm. um so Perhaps this class 
And um, uh, so, some books we're putting out through PRS uh, gives it simplified context because it should never be complicated. Right. Um, this is stuff that is actually just interesting ways to look at um, ourselves, mm-hmm. especially our insides, yeah. <laughs> like our thoughts and emotions and patterns. And then also just the general ideas of, well, how does the world work? Which science has caught up with and it's like, Oh, evolution or, you know, um, psychology, right. you know, uh, th- th- it's the same, it's the same realms through different avenues, usually artistic avenues yeah, yeah. to explore it, you know, so, which is, yes. you know, dark arts. <laughs> yeah. And we'll definitely get into that for sure. Cause, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, there's a whole lot I want to talk to you about, but I want to know, like, so, so you're a filmmaker. Yes. Also, it's like totally gets yes. a separate thing. Um, uh, ha- how okay tell tell me give me your give me your quick life story <laughs> all right <laughs> just, to, just so, to get your um, background so people have some context on who you are and and, and, and one, once upon a time no um so i was uh i i i embraced digital filmmaking when it came out when i was in high school it, it, it opened the doors because i didn't I, I didn't have any money growing up you know what i mean especially as a teenager i worked at a kid's footlocker right um <laughs> So when, when mini DV cameras came out, it's like, oh, we could do this. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. So I just started making um, like Kung Fu films with with my friends. Yeah. And then eventually I met up with some stuntmen and they became like my best friends. And we'd make like martial arts movies together. Uh-huh. And then one short film we made actually blew up. This is like before YouTube. Uh, it blew up on the internet uh, just from people like emailing really? it. Really? What, what, what was it called? It's it's called Undercut and you could find it on YouTube. Okay. Um, it's a ninja political satire. Because I, I always need to throw some philosophy in there. Um, and long story short, it got nominated for an MTV Movie Award when they had a short film category. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way you win is that it just the world would vote for what was the best film. Right. So I started marketing this thing. I made it my 24-7 job for months, just marketing this stuff, sending out press releases, doing interviews for the local news station. And then MTV calls me one day and they're like, we have to disqualify you. I go, why? They're like, you have too many votes. How is that possible? I'm like, oh, I've, I've been, I've made it my life. They're like, I don't know, it's a little weird. We have to disqualify you. Oh man. So, so I lost before the contest was over. But then that led to someone uh, who became a mentor of of, of sorts was paying attention, hmm. and uh, I heard this story, and then got me a job at an ad agency doing movie marketing. So then that's oh, where wow. I actually applied my uh, my prototypical love of symbolism, making movie trailers and commercials mm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, essentially, my life has three equal pieces, slices. One is filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other ha- was movie marketing. And then the other is philosophy. Okay. And I actually think they all hold hands in exactly the same way uh, un- under the hood, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, that that's generally my life story because then that just spun off work as a freelance artist, much like yourself. I'd get hired here, get hired there. I'd get to work on cool stuff, get to work on cool stuff that was actually shitty, cool stuff that was actually life-affirming and amazing and everything in between. Yeah. And then along that path, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to this because you mentioned you wanted to talk about it, um, I I accidentally started teaching this stuff on the side yeah. just as a hobby because I love it. Okay. I never thought I would. Yeah, so, I was, that's I was that's gonna, life story. Okay, that's that was that was quick. <laughs> um, uh, I I skipped the first twenty years. <laughs> um, Somewhere in there, I studied metal sculpture, by the way, which was how uh, we'll get to it. But that opened the door to philosophy, strangely enough. Oh, studying oh, sculpture. So uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, so yeah, how did you start teaching? 
Because you definitely uh, have a talent for it, it seems like from from just from uh, taking those classes, you're really good at, you're good at it. So how did uh, why and how I mean how did that happen? So <laughs> there's two there's two versions of the story. I'll do the mundane version first, okay. which is um, I was always interested in this stuff. I was always curious about since certain. A kid? Since I was a kid, because I was since I've I was a in, little kid, same I'm here, talking like was, age. Age four, I'm asking my parents and teachers, like, what is created? Like, these are questions that that have always been orbiting my brain twenty four seven. What is life like? Like, what's the thing that leaves you and then your body falls over dead? Why? How does it work? Where is it going? What's the purpose? But more than anything, actually, it was. What is creativity? I used to read Highlights magazine as a little kid. That's I a magazine remember, for little kids. I remember Highlights. And magazine. and apparently Highlights magazine is so old that I used to read Highlights magazine when I was Oh, it's a kid. yeah, it's been around since the advent of the written word, I think, on cave paintings. <laughs> Highlights magazine cave paintings. Um no, but I would actually with angst and frustration ask my parents like, "How come everyone draws the same thing? It's always the fucking stick figures." next to the house with the sun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and I was just furiously anxious. Why? Why is there creativity? And why is there generic creativity? And all? so really, what is the creative urge mm-hmm. made me obsessed? Then as I got older, I noticed uh, uh, cultures from around the world and including ancient cultures that never could have communicated with each other across the oceans believed kind of the same things mm-hmm. sometimes had the same symbols with the same definitions and generally the same myths with different details. And I'm like, why is that? YouTube comes out and I'm like, oh, a resource. Well, it was mostly wacky conspiracy theory stuff. I'm not saying all conspiracy theories are wacky, but a lot of it was just like absurd BS, right? Right. But I'm like a resource to start looking for this stuff. Then I came across, because some crazy things happened in my life, spooky, interesting things we'll get to. um, I'm like, I need to understand I need to understand what's going on here. And I come across Manly P. Hall and Joseph Campbell and Alan Watts, right? Mm -hmm. But Manly P. Hall, he was a really great introduction to this stuff. And I'm like, oh, here's a man who talks casually about this usually woo-woo, crazy, weird stuff. So I became a fan of his books. And then one day I realize, (laughs) I'm reading the book, I close it, and it says published at, and the address is two blocks away. (laughs) So the next day I walk over there and I'm like, like, am I going to get kidnapped? Is this a spooky cult? Whatever I go in. Oh, are no. From, are like, you from L.A.? Were you born here? I'm from San Francisco, but oh, okay. I, I've been in L.A. like 20 years. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, anyway, so I just start hanging out at this place, the Philosophical Research Society, but not just there. I, I try to hang out uh, whenever I'm studying anything. I try to actually go and hang out with people mm. who are part of it, go out to dinner with them dozens of times, you know, travel with them, you know, all that stuff. So the Philosophical Research Society was just one of many um, islands of knowledge I was researching. But I lived two blocks away and I just spent like 12 years hanging out there. And then one day uh, the former president was like, you know, you you kind of know a lot. Do you, do you want to do a lecture? I'm like, sure. And I did a lecture. It went well. And he's like, that went really well. So he must have do saw it do- in, you, in your personality. And, and you're, you're knowing what you knew, but also your oh, personality. Well, and also just whenever I could, I just wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to soak it up. It's my hobby. It's right. some people like watching football. 
I like watching philosophy lectures. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I'm built this way, but I am. And anyway, so it just, it just became, I mean, I've been hanging around there 12, 13 years and about six years ago, they're like, yeah, do you want a lecture? Oh, that was good. Do you want to do a class? Oh, that was extremely successful. Do you want to do another class? And so I have four classes there and that's about it. I'm not going to do any more for like probably another decade. I need to learn more. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that's how I got there. Okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's how I got there. That's how I started teaching. Yes. But that's the on the surface. Yes. Yes. Level. <laughs> I have a weirder story of how I, do, I got I there. Do. I am curious <laughs> to hear the weirder story because I know a little bit about the weirder story. Oh yeah. You. you well, you know what's wild. You told oh, me wow. a little bit know. about the weirder story at Zello. Okay. That's, I the, actually, that's the story you're talking about, right? Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> now I wonder if you remember this. It was probably around 2010, 2011. You and I were talking on Facebook Messenger. Uh huh. And I think we're actually talking about, there was like a dog that needed to be adopted. And and I'm like, oh, like you posted about it. So I'm like, oh, I'll post about it. And then we started conversation. And then we started talking about your upcoming show, Ego Death. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. that is. And then time, we yeah. started talking about uh, something, uh, uh, I, something that's a tricky topic. And, and I want to investigate the trickiness of it, but it would be a thing called mushrooms. Yes. <laughs> mushrooms, which I've only done once. Uh, oh, really? One time. Okay. And I did it because I'm not a drug dude. I don't even drink alcohol. Like it's coffee and water. That's all I touch. Right. Yeah. But I was doing this as research. Hey, that's what, I, when I, I first tripped, it was the same thing. It was like, I was Mr. Straight edge kid in high school. I thought all, I was so anti-drug and it was like, once I was 18, I was like, okay, I, I've proven to myself and all of my, all of the kids in the neighborhood that said I was going to be a, a stoner druggie that I, that I'm not. And so, and I want to try this. I've been reading about it for years and I just went in with the tol totally the correct intentions. And I had the amazing experience, I think, because I waited until I felt I was ready and I went in with the right attitude. It was almost like a, a sacred uh, yeah. uh, quest uh, for education. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also what I was doing, and if, if, if this conversation leads to the nuances of why drugs are bad, um, I, I'm, I stand more on the side of the drugs are bad, just to say that. But right. to answer your to answer this or to tell this second story here is so I so I do it. And it was wild. It was I I'm, saw how, shadow people. Do you remember how many shadow. you did? Like how, I don't. But um, it was a good friend of mine and a former roommate who knew me well and knew who he, he could get away with giving me too much. Oh, so shit. I know it was too much. And, but, but you had a sitter, though, at least. You had someone watch, keeping an eye on you? Correct. We were at his apartment. Okay. He had a beautiful apartment. And um, and also because we're roommates for many years, we had that comfort level where he could just go over there and I'm over there. And, yeah. you know, there wasn't this need like, oh, I'm I'm the host and you're the guest. Yeah, it's like, yeah, dude, yeah. We're like good friends, you yeah. know. So, um, so we do this. And then, like, eventually the wallpaper starts moving. I'm like, oh, that's what movies told me would happen. Here, okay, cool. It's like a screensaver everywhere. And then all of a sudden, there's shadow people in the room. Like, it, and that's a phenomenon if you sleep paralysis. Oh, every, yeah, everybody, everybody who listens to this knows all about tripping. They know about shadow people. They know about, yeah, <laughs> I talk about well, stuff all the time. And, 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 and nothing's more annoying than a, a psychedelic story that's too long. So I'll cut to the chase. No, no, no. Shadow I, people I, not, everywhere. I, I'm not annoyed at all. I want to hear, I do want to hear details. What about, what were these shadow people like? Cause I've seen, okay. I've heard of very, there's fair, you know, there's variants of shadow people. They were, they were humanoid. There was no hat. I know there's the hat. Yeah, yeah. They were humanoid. And, um, you know, kind of etheric um, and 
Say what? Did they have features? Or no was- features. It would be like silhouettes, but no matter where you went, they were silhouette right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, when they'd go near me or I'd go near them, they must, it's as if they were radiating a, a vibe. I don't know how to describe oh, it. Yeah. That would then increase maximum anxiety, negativity, and fear in mm-hmm. me. So going near them, it was almost like a smell, except a smell for the emotions. Right. Like when you go near a stinky person, except when I'd go near them, it'd be like, oh, this is the worst fear I've ever felt oh by a God. magnitude of times 1000. Right. That's I've had that with, uh, 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 they're, they're not technically shadow people, but dark beings. When I've had these, um, uh, uh, out of body experiences or, uh, um, you know, the, uh, the sleep paralysis, I've had that where it's like the dude's in the room with me and, and, mm-hmm. the, and, the terror I'm feeling is worse than anything I've felt in regular reality. It's like the spiritual, it's like a, the spiritual version of terror and horror. It's like, and, a and what do you, version. yeah. What do you think is going on there? Um, I don't know. I don't know because the thing is, you know, up until I, my mom was a super kind of new age, new agey, you know, into kind of the occult, but from more of a new age perspective, but go, seeing ghosts, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so I was always raised to believe there really wasn't any evil spirits. It's all good. It's all love, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But when I've had those experiences, it's like, oh, there's definitely something there. That, mm-hmm. And, and you know, yeah, everything is the same. It's all connected. We're all made of the same stuff, blah, on, on a certain huge Just like, just like level. All, technolo- all machines run off of electricity. But there's tanks and there's toasters. And yeah, there's yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> television sets right, and right. cars. So, you know. so, but the, but the, the, um, that was the first time I was like, oh, that feels evil, and it feels, which was totally against my upbringing. That feels mm-hmm. like an evil being, mm-hmm. and uh, in the, my first out of body, uh, you know, I, I saw. I don't know if you're you. I think you're talking about this in the in the the, the lecture. Uh, about shadow people. And uh, the, the first time I had, uh, I, I could tell you about it later, but the, the one thing that happened during it was- Go, go for it. If it's interesting, do well, it. it. It's in my documentary. It was like, I was the first one I had, I think. <clears throat> I can't remember if, yeah, it was the first one I had. It was right around age 12. But there was a guy standing next to me holding a pillow up above his face. He looked like a trucker. Like, like a big burly guy. Oh, so he had um, uh, distinct features. Well, human, human no, features. no, no. That's what's cool about this. He had like a down vest and a flannel shirt and okay. he was holding a pillow over his face, like mm-hmm. almost like a cartoon pillow, like holding it at the corner and it was covering his face. And he kept mm-hmm. hitting me with the pillow. And every time he hit me, there was just kind of blackness where his face was. So I couldn't see his face. So he kind of was formless. But w- were you physically being like, was there a physical reaction or was it kind of all in the, the I don't know. It, it felt, <laughs> it didn't hurt, but it was like the voice in my head, which was kind of like my own voice. In my head was clear as day. It was saying he could scare you, but he can't hurt you. And that's okay. And you mentioned that I think in one of the lectures. And I was like, that's interesting. Cause, cause, cause it was like, you know, that was an inner voice that came to me. And so I was like, that was, so I knew it couldn't hurt me. And mm-hmm. I eventually kind of shook myself out of it. I was able to shake myself and wake myself up. Um, anyway. And, and a phenomenon shared throughout all of the world through all time with different names sometimes. Yeah. So, isn't that interesting? So yeah, yeah. Anyway. I, I might be able to, to sprinkle some um, 
uh, theory theory dust on it. Yes. Uh, further into this okay, story, yeah, so, so keep going, keep going with your. your so yeah, there's these, there's these, there's these. Uh, um, I said mushroom people, shadow people, <laughs> mushroom people, toad from Super Mario. Have you ever seen the, the the mushroom people that movie, the Japanese what? attack of the mushroom people? No, oh, I'm right to watch down, it. Right, so on, good. Writing this down, mushroom attack. Of, I think it's Attack of the Mushroom People. It's oh my great. god! Japanese. It's the, pre- 60, the prequel to Last of Us. Late sixties. It's so creepy and really actually well done. It's like a Godzilla movie, but with mushroom people, like that kind of um, vibe of the Godzilla movies. Um, amazing, but it's cool. well. I mean, f- fungus in general just as a life form is is it baffles scientists. Yeah, to a, this day, it's, yeah, it's, um, a, it's amazing. I, was, I didn't mean to derail your thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I mean, it's all kind of the same. But okay, so <laughs> just to keep this on the the short little choo choo track because we're about halfway through this story. Um, there's there's the shadow people, and um, what's funny is me physically, I wasn't freaking out. It was all inside. So I'm laying on the floor under a blanket because it was <laughs> the, the terror was just yeah. taxing. And I was outside of time. So it felt like it was lasting years. And literally, I, I like lower the blanket and talked to my friend. I'm like, dude, this is not going so well. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Famous last like, words. Like, just like that. Like, <laughs> like, dude, not going so good. Uh, and I said, can I have a glass of juice? And he's like, sure. He brings me a glass of juice. I'm like, Thanks. Uh, all right. Wish me luck. And I go back to the first. And while he gives me the juice, I'm seeing these things around. Oh, and my there's a God. a giant snake. A snake the size of several buses. Okay. So that's like the size of a room, but it could like like a hologram or wow. something. Like, go okay. The okay. So you were seeing this like fully rendered? Yes. You were seeing like seeing yes. it? So that yep. must have been, he must have given you a lot. <laughs> I, I guess so. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, if he even remembers how much, but uh, he know he knows, he knows he has permission to uh, fuck with me like that yeah. because we're close like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. if I'm like, dude, if, if I got mad at him, which I didn't, he could just laugh. Yeah. And I'd be like, you're right. That is pretty funny because I'm alive. So it's cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, all this is terrible. And then all of a sudden, you know, countless eons later, because there's no concept of time. It's just infinite suffering. Uh. Um, <laughs> Uh, which, by the way, at one point, my intellect said, you know, there's one way to end this, and that's jump out the window. We were, like, on the eighth floor, and I go, no, no that's way. And I'm like, but that's dumb, because then I would die, and I don't want to die. So, ixnay on that idea. That's interesting. Right? But that's literally, interesting. I thought that. I thought wow, that. Okay. wow. Um, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to die, though. So, not a good solution. I had no other solution. So, I'm just laying there. And then I get ripped out of my body, Okay. And it's like I'm going on a super fast elevator up a bajillion miles, okay? And and now we're getting into like a heaven realm that's made of like light and clouds, and it's so bright, like I can't really even see anything. You know when when um you're in the bright sun and then you go into a dark garage and everything's just kind of like too bright for you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it was it was kind of like that. It was so blinding, wow. and the snakes following me, the giant wow. bus size snakes following me, and then there is a giant goddess, okay, like Godzilla sized goddess. And the snake goes up and goes around her shoulders. And and instead of being scary, it was scary to me, threatening me and stuff. It's like a domesticated pet. Like, oh, wow. I'm just here, like, like a scarf. And it's like loving. And that I'm is like, so cool. What did the goddess look like? Um, so she was mostly bright light. And um, at the time, I'm like, I can't tell if she's Egyptian or Indian. Wow. And, and my end conclusion is probably the goddess Durga. 
Okay. Which we're going to get to in a sec because I had no, the one thing I never studied and it's really weird because like a month earlier, my friend bought a book on uh, Vedic philosophy. So like, have you gotten into this? I'm like, that's, that's a category that I have yet to get into. And I will in the near future. Cause you know, you got to, I, when I learn something, I spend years on it and right. then I go, got it next thing. Right. Um, so then she starts talking to me like telepathically. God, this, sound, this is such a, oh man. It, it doesn't it's sound weird to me. Because it it's insane. It's, it doesn't, I mean, having had a lot of these kind of experiences, it sounds like totally And remember totally all of reasonable. this, all of this answers your question. How did I start? Yeah, talking? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she basically goes, okay, um, go get, go get a pad of paper. Okay. And draw a couple things. So she like gives me images to draw. Um, I, I, maybe I could draw it in a sec, but so I draw them and she goes, okay. Um, and then she goes, uh, uh, do you want to know why you were born? I go, uh, yeah. And she goes, yeah, you know, you work in the movie industry. You're good at it, I guess. Like that, like, I guess, <laughs> you know, you could do it if you want. <laughs> That's not why you're here. I'm like, what? And she goes, but you know, you could, you're good at it and you'll make some good money. So, you know, do that if you want. But the reason you're born is not that I'm like. I was so bummed. I'm yeah. like, my career. And she goes, the reason you were born is because you have this ability to absorb hyper dense, hyper complex data, understand it easily, and then regurgitate it to explain it. Kids book simple. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. She says, you're supposed to do that. And I'm, and I'm like, but what about the film industry? My <laughs> ego is all tied in with that. And I do love doing it. And, and there was a lot of, the philosophy into why it's important to still do that like you know dharma mm -hmm. purpose meaning meaningful work all that stuff but she's like yeah you could do it you could do that if you want but you're supposed to teach complex stuff about how life works and how reality works kids book simple i'm like man all right and she goes um also do you want to know what the shadow people were i go yeah and she basically goes well long story short you know, in nature, every animal has a superpower. Scorpions have stingers. Humans have the prefrontal cortex to reason. You know, sharks are just super, super direct and crazy with it. You know, uh, 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 birds can fly. She's like, they're just another realm of the animal kingdom of, of nature, just more in like a infrared radiation realm. And their superpower is uh, uh, they could conjure a certain type of energetic response when you go near them because they need to lower your energy, like your life energy, they have to lower it, slow it down so they can eat it. Much like how mold can't eat something that's alive. But then once that living thing drains its life away so it's near dead or completely dead, then the mold can eat it. Or much like how when you're healthy, you have an immune system that keeps viruses away. Their whole thing is they come to you and they, and they, they if you consent to it, if you engage with fear, it could lower your, say, how about mental, emotional immune system, we'll mm. say metaphorically, and then they could feast on it because only when we in, engage in fear, pain, anxiety, it, it's like um, the, 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 the fire that animates us kind of slows down mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, now I could eat it. But if I tried to eat it when it was vibrant and healthy and positive, uh, it would hurt me, much like how sunlight kills viruses. Right. Sunlight kills mold, right? She's like, so that's that's all it is. And um, uh, uh, and I'm gonna have to set you down now <laughs> because you have to pee, <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna be there. And all you have to do is not be scared of them. 
And uh, they uh, can't in- they can't invest too much energy hunting for food because they can't hold energy. They have to constantly be eating. Wow. So just don't feed them and they'll have to leave. Wow. And um, and she goes, but before you go, we have one more choice. I could tell you how reality works and you'll go crazy because you won't understand it or I'll show you. I'm like, uh, well, I don't want to go crazy unless I am. <laughs> if you've heard this story, I'm telling I'm a crazy person. But she goes, OK. I'll show you. Open your eyes. Go, go look out the sliding door. Uh, the, my friend's balcony up on the eighth floor. I, I open the sliding door and everything's layered and kind of see-through. And uh, and then years later, a movie called Interstellar came out and Matthew McConaughey's floating mm-hmm. through the Tesseract. That is identical 100% what I saw. I mean, Matthew wow. McConaughey wasn't there, but it was time was like these slices. Wow. And so then the next day, I didn't sleep. The next day, I become obsessed with trying to understand who was this I was talking to. And I'm looking through pictures of goddesses. I'm like, it might be goddess Isis. And then I come across uh, goddess Durga from Hinduism. I go, that that's her. That's who I was talking to. And then um, I had already been hanging around the Philosophical Research Society and studying this stuff a lot already. But then um, it's really weird. I just kept doing what I was doing, going just learning in my spare time. And then eventually um, I got asked to teach and I'm like, oh, that's weird that that came. I never, ever would have gone. I should teach. Right. I was asked. And not only that, they're like, you know, and you'll make a little bit of money doing it. I'm like, well, money's always a nice motivation, but luckily this is a, a category. It's just hobby. It's just out of passion. Right. So I do it and it goes well. And, and, and I go, and that was years later. And I go, I look back, I'm like, mushroom woman was somehow called it i guess yeah that's in there there's your like half hour answer um, <laughs> that's to, amazing uh, oh and by the way and the and shadow people stood in my doorway every night for a week after i did it wow uh, one shadow person and i was scared shitless and i just pretended i wasn't and then after on like the seventh night or whatever it was i actually look at it and i say i know how this works you're not going to get anything. And now you're just embarrassing yourself. And then it left. <laughs> I actually said that. So I don't know why I said that. So were you seeing them in the, in, in like a, in an out of body state or was it like just, I'd say, uh, n- no hypnagogic as in I'd be asleep. Okay. Hypnagogic yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the minute you have between being yeah. asleep and being awake. Right. And they right. say, that's really the time you're standing between, you know, all of the, realms of uh, awake and asleep conscious right. unconscious you're, so, you're there at the same time and so you could consciously interact with the unconscious right. for that minute yo-yo ma the cellist says all of his songwriting comes to him in that state by oh, the way wow interesting <clears throat> so i was in that state when i was able to see it and let's say I, I actually didn't get up to like turn the light on or whatever but say i did i would have guessed then i would have engaged in full awakeness and then i, I would have lost it i'm guessing i didn't I didn't right. do that because I was scared and no joke, grown ass man. I'd see this thing and I'd actually just go under the covers. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I know. The defense mechanism of like, well, I'm just going to go here and try to go back to sleep, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, but I ended up sharing the story with friends and um, I have uh, uh, two friends. Um, they're Mormons. So they don't even touch Coca-Cola mm-hmm. or because there's <laughs> caffeine in it. They have shadow people experiences too. Very similar. Yeah. It's in like, fact, one of them said one kissed him 
And while kissing, a voice came out and said, I wish I knew you when you were living. Oh, my God. And like, we don't know what it means, but he told me that story. I'm like, dude, dude, why? Well, that's a thing. Why? You, you see, you've seen The Nightmare, right? That that documentary. Oh, yeah. It's like, I love yeah. that documentary. Dead on. Dead uh, on. And, and that's what you, you see in uh, to a small degree with those interview subjects, because it's all anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- people take the experience and they contextualize it with their own religious background or spiritual beliefs. It's like you got, you know, an atheist will be like, Oh, it's just in my, it was just a projection of my mind. It's just a hallucination. Mm -hmm. Then you've got a Christian person saying it was a demon. And you know, it's like, and it's just, it's like they, they, they frame it in a way that makes sense to them. What they, right. And, um, and, and because, because humility is a vital part of things that we can't absolutely prove Mm -hmm. everything I just said, I feel like I have a, a very strong theory on what it is, which is the idea that, oh, there's just more to the animal kingdom than we know. Yeah, yeah. Once we didn't know there were germs. So maybe there's more in like different spectrums of radiation. Right. Maybe. So that's what I stick with. But uh, I do not know anything I said. I don't know for certainty. All real, all myself, a mix of both. It's all the drugs talking. It was a true divine right. uh, experience. And I was dealing with real things. I don't know. And, yeah, and yeah, it, that, that's. I, I must stick with the I don't know well, more than any other explanation. Isn't that the most? I mean, I feel like that's the most honest answer anyone can give, and the most uh, realistic answer because nobody does know. Even if you know, you still it's like it's in that weird gray area. So um, I feel like people that have had real experiences generally aren't like, oh, it's definitely this thing. It seems like people that have had like maybe a little bit of something will automatically just go, oh, it was, it was a demon or, oh, it was mm-hmm. this or yeah, these are definitely these things. But I think people that have had, I don't know, I feel like myself, I guess, um, I, I have that same perspective. Like we don't even know what reality is. So how can we say what anything is really, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, and it's funny because there are sort of like layers of knowingness. I think the scientific method is the best we got, mm-hmm. even though we are ill-equipped to apply it towards things we can't yet measure. Right. Right. But the scientific method, okay, uh, I think something's going on. So I make a hypothesis. And then I'm going to observe and test and see if if I come close to what seems to be the answer, it has to be repeatable and understood and opened up and tested. It's like, okay, so I think that's the best we have with all things. But then even that, we still don't entirely know what are the things we interact with every day. What is actually electricity? What's the deal with gravity? What is time and space? <laughs> what, what is, is what, a, theoretically above yeah, the speed yeah, of light? What is a thought? We're confident in, in being pretty close to having good repeatable data that we could play with and build cool things out of. But right. we're going to learn stuff someday, hopefully, because this is the great scientific quest. Learn more. It recontextualizes everything. And it's like, you know, all the stuff we knew, it is true, but in, in this nesting doll. Right, and right. That, uh, Russian nesting doll is inside a bigger nesting doll like maybe our laws of physics only operate say inside of time and space right and then maybe you pierce that theoretically this is einstein stuff faster than the speed of light okay inside of that is is a different (laughs) uh laws of nature yeah yeah you know so so when it comes to any knowledge i'm not sure we could ever say 100 about anything but i do think we could say like 97 percent. yeah (laughs) given our context for most things that we've come to know right you know what i mean like i could knock on a table 
and it's solid, I go, okay, makes sense yeah. <laughs> so yeah. far. But they tell me it's just vibrating particles, but that's not my context that I could interact with. So right, I'll just right. go with my table's a solid object for now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, until, until, we, until some genius builds like a, a genius 12 year old builds an iPhone app that like cracks it all open. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I told you, I told you my Baba Yaga story, right? Um, uh, but uh, give, give me a refresher. Uh, it was, it was just uh, a kind of recent one where I was, uh, and I've, I, I apologize for people listening cause they've heard it a million times, I think. Um, but, uh, I was just in that hypnagogic state and, or hypnagogic. I don't know how you pronounce it. And, I'm not even sure. One of those. <laughs> um, uh, and I just heard this, uh, woman cursing at me in uh what was a what i thought for sure was some kind of slavic language mm-hmm. and i could see i could see where she was but she was invisible and i knew that she was the shape of a dome almost like the i kind of imagined like the french french fry guys from mcdonald's uh without legs Grimace? no no you remember the french the little french fry guys oh this is yeah i'm showing my age this is old mcdonald's back when they had a cool hamburger that was creepy looking anyway i remember that they were like domes like a dome like a dome about four feet tall but it was invisible i couldn't see anything but i knew exactly where she was and she was coming towards me like yes pissed totally Uh pissed and i could hear it like clear as a bell and Uh she was coming close to me and i'm like oh no and you're just in bed yeah yeah but i was scared shitless i was like oh man is she starting to come and i was able to you know like what usually happens i kind of pull myself out at the last minute and long story short is first when i when i uh woke up i was like oh baba yaga first thing i thought just first thing i thought and then i was like oh i just blew it off because i'm i'm thinking I saw Baba Yaga in that hell, the remake of the Hellboy movie, maybe a year or two ago. So it was probably that. And I just okay. didn't, and I didn't think twice about it. And then I started thinking, thinking more about it the next day. And it was like, oh, this is okay. It was like a, it was like a Romanian. She sounded Romanian or Slavic or Eastern European. I, I, I knew that for sure. A Russian. And I was like, what the hell? And I looked up Baba Yaga and it's like, it's from that, you know, it's based, that myth is based in that um, region. And it was like, it was, I think, I forget what, what the origin is, but it's like f- a few different versions of it in that region. And I was like, you know, that was Baba Yaga. <laughs> Why so, she visited so, me, I have no idea. So what, there's not more meaning to it, but it was an experience that happened, but you you didn't, it, it didn't it like. Just, it was like, I knew it. Well, even the, as soon as I woke, like as soon as I woke up, that word popped in my head and I just kind of blew it off. And then I've researched Amazing. it. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was like in Eastern European or Russian or Romanian or whatever it was. And, mm-hmm. and it just was, and it was like, I, you know, if I could have recorded, I'm sure she was cursing at me in Russian mm-hmm. or Romanian or something. Um, but anyway, that was just, and that was a pretty recent one last few years, but I've had since I've had, um, I was just telling somebody, I don't know if I was, it was on the podcast or not, but I had this thing where I was laying in bed and I saw a black figure in the hypnagogic, hypnagogic state standing at the foot of my bed, like a demon thing, shadow person. And they just went, woo, did like a, sw- jumped up, did a swan dive and jumped into my chest. What? Yeah, it was freaky. And so after. And then what? And then nothing, in the middle of the night, nothing. Like and I was like, a bunch of stuff I was on Amazon. Check- or- <laughs> I was checking my, <laughs> I was like, 
okay, I got to make sure that like I don't get sick or I start acting crazy or something because this thing dove into my chest. How did life change from that moment forward? It didn't. It, It was like I was... I mean, not that I'm aware of. It seemed everything seemed cool. Everything seemed okay because I was mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, I have to keep an eye out in case something weird happens because that was pretty weird. But you know, it happens every I don't know every few months or something. I'll have some kind of state like that, or I'll float around and some. Usually, it's it's not always uh have it doesn't always have some kind of negative entity sometimes you know occasionally it really feels amazing like you're on ecstasy or something super so high, high amazing feeling and you're just kind of floating around now I, now i remember watching your documentary i feel like you you you, you talked a little bit about sort of um the, the Wi-Fi modem in your brain, <laughs> my metaphor, uh, <laughs> seem, you might have a password to some some stuff out there because these experiences are are not unusual. Yeah, for yeah. you in your life. But why do you think? Why do you, what 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 what's going on? Why does it happen? I don't. I'm not really sure. I, uh, my my mother and and uh, sister are both. I guess you could call them talented, like naturally talented with intuitive psychic. They, they've seen ghosts and spirits when I was growing up. So it was like mm-hmm. not a weird thing in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a normal thing, kind of like a cool thing. You know, mm-hmm. even my mom was like, oh, I saw this ghost. It was really interesting. And like, mm-hmm. she's very upbeat about it and uh, interested. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Cause it's like, I've never, I haven't ne- never been like a very psychic. My wife is also, she's, has a pretty good history of predicting earthquakes and things. She always, she'll tell me and it's, you know, Oh, I had a dream that there was an earthquake and it happens, I don't know, a couple of days later or something. It's just weird stuff like that. Right. She's she, my wife is, but she's not really into it. It's just kind of natural, but um, something happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I've never really had that, but I have had the, the out of body thing. I feel like that's my talent, <laughs> my natural ability. And it's, if, if you're in the X-Men, your ability would be, <laughs> but it's in not the even state. It's, it's <laughs> not, it's not even that controllable. Cause most of the time I can't control myself. I'm just sort of floating mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and I can't, I'm like going, yeah, I can't control myself. And unless I can think, uh, I learned from this, you know, Robert Monroe, do you know Robert Monroe? He was like the big researcher of out of body astral projection, whatever you want to call it. It, it, it sounds vaguely familiar. I haven't embraced like the studies of that stuff. Yeah. He, he was the guy deeply. that apparently went really deep and, and uh, told about all these different levels you go through. And his thing was in that uh, state of mind or in that reality, you have to think it in order to, you can't, you know, you just, you move your arm, you say, I want to walk forward and you walk forward and it's kind mm-hmm. of automatic in that realm you have to say, I want to go forward and you'll go forward. It's like, you have to think it. And so I tried it and every time it's like, I just don't remember to always do it. But when I remember to do it, it happens. Like so, sometimes it's all black and I can't see and I'm like floating and I can't see anything. And then, uh, you know, you say, he, he said to say clarity now is, was one of the things. And then I, I said it and I could see. And then another time I was floating and I couldn't, do anything and it was like floating in space or whatever 
And I was like, okay, I want to fly forward. And I so then I flew forward and I was able to fly around and kind of direct myself that way. Oh, I want to go this way. So I don't know what it is, why it happens. It's just since, you know, probably since going through puberty. It like well, clicked. you know, it's funny. It I, I have no idea why it happens, but uh, that, that interesting thing where it's like, when I think it, I do it, uh, that matches up with somewhat somewhat common ideas again comparative philosophy here mm -hmm. when i go like like I, I generally try to uh uh delve into what do many um cultures or schools of thought land on especially when they get into this esoteric weirder stuff and one such idea that kind of matches up with what you said is that um evolution is just bringing us uh bringing matter or or whatever bringing life up to a point where it could um connect point a to point b quicker and more instantly mm -hmm. right and um where here in this this third dimensional material realm um connecting point a to point b takes a long time like first you think it then it has to go through this whole process right. of you actually doing it. So, and, and that's almost like a training because um, if you if you think the wrong thought, uh, uh, then instantly the the consequence is there instead of the consequence being a, an hour later or or ten years right, later. Right. I think there, there's like a Buddhist myth that plays about this, where um, a guy sits under a tree and it's like a magical tree. So when you sit under it, anything you think comes true. So first he goes like, oh yeah, food and women and money. And and then he goes, wait a minute, but what if this tree is evil and is trying to kill me? And then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> and and when they expand on it, they're like, they're playing with their ideas of like higher realms. Right. Like, oh, when, once you escape samsara, the prison of cause and effect in time and space, you'll go to a higher realm. Uh, but you can't go there until you've trained yourself to um, master yeah, yeah. all of your thoughts. Right, right. Because if you think the wrong thought up there, it will instantly right, come true. Right. If you do think like, <laughs> hmm, what what if this realm's bad, it will become bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the ultimate great power, great responsibility, yeah, um, yeah. you know, lesson. And maybe that's what, that's a fun idea, you know, like, oh, maybe they're, you know, well, that's this like, could make sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a fail-safe in, in magical uh, occult practice, like magical uh, uh, manifestation, whatever you want to call it, is that it doesn't happen instantly. It's like it takes time, and it's and you're lucky it takes time because, like mm -hmm. you know, it's a, like you're saying, it's like if you uh, – because you could be pissed at someone and be like, oh, man, you could even go like, mm, like wishing someone dead because you're so yeah. angry. And if it was – and if it was, you know, kind of a fast process – you would probably regret killing them or hurting them or something. But, um, you know, it's like, it's almost like we don't, we're not ready for that responsibility. So it takes, you know, if you do like a, a ritual to manifest something, it's going to take some time to happen. So you don't totally mm -hmm. screw yourself or hurt someone else. It, it, it's a great, be careful what you wish for. Like, I, I remember when I was again, like four or five years old, I was and still am obsessed with the first Ghostbusters movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, second one's pretty cool too. But um, my my neighbor had Ghostbusters toys that I didn't have, and I wanted them so bad, so I stole them from his backyard. Wow! <laughs> because the fury in me, it, like it overtook yeah, me. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I need it. This isn't fair. I deserve it, right? And um, 
And, uh, and I was like wishing, it's like, I wish, I wish they were mine, you know, all that stuff. And it's really funny. Cause then even just one year later, just the, the age gap from age four to five, my maturity grew so much. I learned that was wrong. Right. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I'm still elementary school age, but I go, I don't, I don't even play with Ghostbusters toys anymore. Like, and then as an adult, I don't even think about like the, the energetic charge of such a dumb thing. Right. It doesn't even, it doesn't even conjure one brain cell right. of anything negative. When I think back, Oh, <laughs> if, if, like if, if you had Ghostbusters toys, I would not be envious of them. Yeah. So I always think <laughs> about that come really... over and try and steal them. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, it doesn't conjure negativity or jealousy right. or the urge right. or the desire or the attachment. And um, I go, I always think about that as like this lesson of like the things that bother me today um, hopefully if I keep growing will not bother me anymore because I will learn the lessons. I will face the, di- the multiple dimensions of any issue, uh, physical, mental, or emotional. And then eventually I'm like, it doesn't even, it doesn't even, um, add waves to the pond. Right. right? And I think that that's actually, um, one of the main core ideas of what any esoteric philosophy is, or just what life is. We're just learning to master things so they don't mess with us. Uh, uh, so we can then continue connecting point A to point B right. faster with yeah. more mastery. Yeah. And we start changing what the point B is. Uh, so we want different point Bs to want to connect to. And, uh, and maybe eventually we reach some kind of um, super wisdom mm-hmm. where now we're actually stable adults. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Um, or, or or something to that effect. Yeah, right? yeah. Do you... Uh... Do you ever practice any kind of magical manifesting? You see more to to me. I I, I may be wrong, but you see, you know it's like there's people that lean towards the, the uh, magician archetype, where you're kind of like creating, trying to create things, and then there's the mystical. The other side of that is kind of the myst the mystic, which is more about just knowledge, gaining knowledge, gaining enlightenment. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you see more on the mystical side to me, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I could tell you. So first, um, like my whole, like some, some miraculous stuff has happened in, in my life um, that made me go, what is this magic stuff manifesting and all that stuff? And first, despite all of my diving into it and all of that, I, I cannot say I have even more than like um, a tadpole's understanding, an infant's understanding of it. But I did do some experiments and the experiments came true. Yes, I'm telling you, it works, okay. man. It really I does. gathered a bunch of people in my living room and I said, I've been looking into this. Uh, I have to acknowledge some crazy miracles that have happened. Mm-hmm. I said, so I am going to try to make something come true. I said, uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, of the filmmaker Robert Rodriguez, okay? Mm-hmm. And because uh, I read his book, Rebel Without a Crew, which is how to use creativity if you don't have money to mm. overcome problems. And it set me on the path of, of the, the the art form that I love. So I said, I want to I wanna work with that guy. Um, so I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make this like wish in front of all of you, right? And um, it has to take place by this date. And it has to be under these circumstances. The weather needs to be like this. It has to be, um, you know, blah, blah. Well, and I said, I cannot actually try. I'm not going to actually wake up and go, I'm going to work towards this. It just has to arrive. Mm -hmm. And then I said, if this occurs, I will study this with great seriousness, right? Um, 
And it came true at the last possible minute. And I went to Texas and worked with the dude. And I told him this. And he's like, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I'm like, what? Oh, so he's so he is. Well, I, I'm not. I can't speak for him in in any real depth in this way, but he did say there's something to that. I understand. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, uh, I too have noticed incredible phenomena. You know what I mean? And I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to speak for him. Yeah, yeah. But just in that little, in in that little pocket of conversation, because I did spend like a week with him working on some stuff. And um, <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, I just know. And he, and we both in this conversation played with the idea that maybe it's something about creativity. Cause what is the nature of inspiration and creativity? Is it from elsewhere mm-hmm. or is it all intellect? But let's say the idea of inspiration, like it just hits you and you don't know where it comes yeah. from or why it shows up. Maybe there's something from a higher realm or so we were just deducing maybe being a creative person and suffering to, to uh, submit yourself to the state of creative inspiration might be, a window to this stuff. But anyway, I actually then I, I played with it a few more times and I don't think it, there was necessarily a negative outcome, but I actually wasn't so happy or, or fulfilled as a, as, as a person. And then I sort of embraced a little bit more um, of the, well, let me just, I guess I switched sides. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with either side, but now I don't try that. It's really weird that I don't. But I started realizing, like, I'm not so sure that the 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 point B of the of the journey, point A to point B, that I'm questing for, is I don't know what's best for me. It's it's a little weird to say that, but I'm like, I'm not so sure what the right goal uh, yeah, is. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get it. I I was like that for most of my life, which is like more of a, it's more of an Eastern Zen Alan Watts kind of thing, where it's sort of like you're trusting the universe you're trusting reality to unfold in a way that is mm-hmm. best for you or that's exciting and fun and um and i i do believe that i just it's it's like it's like again it's sort of like the mystic or the magician and you can kind of go either way or you can go both ways it's like i feel sort of like you know it's uh life you it's it's a matter of sur- you're surfing through life and so you're well, you're dod you're dodging you're you're weaving you're being flexible you're being a magician when you when you feel like you need that extra little bit you're being more of a mystic more passive it's more like passive uh well, versus active in a way 100% in active versus you know well if we're calling those two uh quasi opposites of sorts or two different roads what I have landed on and what I've been living the past couple of years, uh, still working out the trials and errors of it, but it's, I would actually almost say a strange mix of both. Mm-hmm. So here's where I'm at so far. And it'll be interesting in five years, I'll come back on here and be like, yeah. I was so, but um, <laughs> uh, some of the things I've embraced are, um, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to, to, there's a lot of resources that pop up in my head. Here's what I'm thinking of right now. Things that are said in the book, Man's Search for Meaning from Viktor Frankl, uh, Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil, the Bhagavad Gita, and uh, Swami Vivekananda's book, Karma Yoga. All of these in different ways say kind of the same thing. Viktor Frankl, who is a suicide expert psychologist, who, who uh, he had the theory, meaningful work prevents suicide and, and, and keeps you engaged with life. And he sense. came up with this theory, then was thrown into Auschwitz, 
oh. and put it to the test. Wow. And he's and he and, and in Auschwitz, you're allowed to kill yourself. In fact, it was forbidden to interfere with the suicide. Wow. Okay. Because they wanted, you know, there was a yeah. fucked up situation. They they're like, it's okay if they kill themselves. We don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? We're gonna do it anyway so, eventually. So Victor Frankl then put like he noticed he's like people with meaningful work or meaningful goals, which might just be as simple as I have a daughter out there. I need to take care of her or I want to write this book or I want to open the bakery. Those are the people who kept their wits about them and were able to keep this this fire of life lit inside of them and in hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we take that meaningful work. Then we have Outwitting the Devil, which is a wonderful audio book because it's a fake interview between a journalist and and just cool. The, the, the archetype of the devil, right. no specific devil. Long story short, the devil says, I can possess people. I could control people when they're drifting, when they are aimless, when they're hypnotized by creature comforts and mundane routine without having that, that meaningful definitive purpose to be working towards. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Bhagavad Gita, there's a lot going on in it and it's real open to interpretation. So one such interpretation is you're born to do something. And, 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 and you kind of know it because when you do it, life comes out of you. If you're meant to be a chef, cooking does that. If right. you're meant to be a, um, a painter, yeah. <laughs> painting does it. If you're meant to be a, um, a doctor, healing does it. Okay, so find that. And then finally, Swami Vivekananda's book, Karma Yoga, says, well, there's many paths to spiritual development. And it depends on your temperament. Some are intellect only. Some is through song. Some is through renunciation of the material. So live in a cave, don't own clothes, don't have sex. Right. Uh, 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 be, be as poor as can be because the material world is an addictive trap that will pull you backwards. But for those who are in the material world, there is karma yoga, which is whatever work you do, realize it's a spiritual act because by doing work, you're paying attention to how the energy in you is moving through your mind, body, and emotions. Mm-hmm. And the whole game here is to get life energy to radiate out of you. Mm-hmm. And that life energy might be the force that is uh, evolving you, right? And by engaging with work, you are learning hard lessons if it's work that's shitty and you hate it and it brings you down. Or you learn, oh, oh, I have found by, by, by the trial and error of doing work as a spiritual practice, then you find out like, oh, over here is the meaningful work for me, what I'm built to do. Mm-hmm. I am no longer drifting because I ha- I generally am aiming in this direction of productivity and doing as much work as you possibly can. This is not saying workaholism as a as a vice yeah. that, that makes no, you yeah. shitty to your family. Yeah. Th- th- there's, a, there's a healthy balance here. Yeah. But sort of smushing all these together, right? And, and some other ideas of esoteric philosophy. What I think is we have a natural disposition towards loving to do certain types of of, of productivity. Mm-hmm. When we do that, I think we will suffer because it's hard to do work. It's hard to be creative, yeah. but we're learning lessons along the way. Mm-hmm. And perhaps the reason we're born with passions that are unique just to us is actually school. It's a version of school. Oh, you don't have to pursue these passions. You can sit on the couch and waste away. And if reincarnation is real, you'll come back and learn why you shouldn't waste away right. doing nothing. <laughs> But say if filmmaking or painting, uh, you can't stop painting. I can't stop filmmaking. I don't know why it's filled with suffering and discomfort in the mm-hmm. unknown. But I lo- I do it. And as I do it, I learn everything about myself. And I right. learn everything about the world. And I learn to overcome pettiness, jealousy, ego. I learn to simplify my engagement with conflict 
overcome it quickly. Mm-hmm. So thus, it, that's a little bit of both mystic and magician. Yeah. It's almost like embracing yeah. what is what is the flow of, of, of reality, especially according to me. I have to be very careful about what are the um what are the traps when mind, body, and emotion might want short-term appetites that have nothing to do with achieving that work, mm-hmm. that goal. Right. Uh so learn to discern when and when not to listen to those, work towards it. And then that now that's being, I guess, magician, as you put it. Yeah. Because now there's a goal. Right. The goal arose from being more, as you put it mystic right mm-hmm. yeah and then also as inevitable obstacles and mutations happen on that path there uh, one must embrace a little bit of as you put it that that mysticism um um which which i like the i, I actually like the words more like left brain and right brain or mm-hmm. or uh, um, symbolically masculine symbolically feminine because mm-hmm. the magician would be uh the the masculine and that is the physical doing yeah yeah where the feminine would be more of of what what are the the energies that that animate and operate all things and all laws what where are they going mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah. you said surfing i think i like sailboating mm-hmm. you don't want to be a piece of driftwood cuz if you're if you're pure hippie you're just like yo whatever man yeah right just, whatever shows up like, <laughs> well, nothing's going to show up that way per se yeah you might get lucky. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Dr- the driftwood might land on Good Fortune Island for a month, and then you're back to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, idle hands are the devil's playground. You know what I mean? Because if you, if, you, if you're not going towards that thing, I think the mind, body, and emotion starts looking for what the, the little snacks they're hungry for, mm-hmm. and then that becomes your meaning, and your meaning becomes short-term, transitory, pointless, nutritionless appetites that yeah. satisfy you for a minute. And then, so then your life becomes addiction to num nums, yeah. like little, little, little gummy worms of life, mm-hmm. little che- honey nut Cheerios that little toddlers eat. And that's the meaning of life. And then, mm-hmm. uh, 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 so anyway, I think it's the great union of opposites always mm-hmm. mysticism and magician. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I, I, I've, I've really taken the, uh, you know, I started out <clears throat> 12 years old, fell in love with. Well, no. Okay, before that, nine years old, making movies with the Super Eight camera. That's what my first thing. I didn't know that. I'd love okay, to no, wait, see that. Let me go back further. First grade, okay. three years old. Okay, <laughs> I was drawing since I was three. First, I was grade, in the womb. First, okay. First, I was. I had a sketch pad in there. First grade, uh, I, w- I was an artist, visual artist, drawing, painting, and stuff. And then I got in. I found my dad's Super 8 camera when I was about nine, and I made a bunch of movies. And I just fell in love with filmmaking. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make movies. And uh, I started getting into editing. Like I'm talking, you know, you got three and a half minutes on a reel, you filmed it, you took it to the drugstore, and then a week later they'd give it back to you. And then, mm-hmm. and then eventually I bought a little editing thing, and I would slice them. I mean, I was into it. To- yeah, like totally, with a razor. Yeah, yeah, totally. Then little cool. pieces of tape. I was yeah. so, so into it. And uh, so I still do have that love for filmmaking. But then I got sidetracked because I became obsessed with makeup effects because I was just like, I have to learn how to do this. And, 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 you know, it involved drawing for design, painting, sculpting, all these things I was interested in. So I totally was like, ah, oh, that's my thing. And I did that until I got, I got into the business right out of high school did that until I was like, okay, this isn't my thing anymore. I just felt like I went as far as I could go. I just didn't feel like it was like I had mastered what I was doing, which was sculpture. And I didn't, you know, I could try 
other types of sculpture that I hadn't tried, but it was like, I feel like I really felt satisfied and I wasn't happy in, with the industry anymore. And then I was trying computer animation cause that was really fun. And it was kind of like movie making 3d animation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also I was trying to, I was, I also, while I was doing effects, I had a band, which I was like trying to make it in my band. I was totally into music and that I had to give up on after 10 years. It was really hard but I, my band broke up for the last time. I'm like, I'm just, I got to move on. Then I got into computer stuff. And then I ended up getting into painting and realizing that that was my thing. That was the thing. And it goes back to the, it's the earliest one. It was the earliest desire or obsession. And, and what makes you stick with it? Like, it, can you even articulate it? Or is it just, this is what uh, animates me? Yeah. It's, it's just, it's life it's, moves through me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, um, it's just so fun. I just, I feel like I can do it the rest of my life and, and I won't get bored and there's not constraints on me. Like in the film industry, part of the problem was you're limited to how cool they'll let you make stuff. You know, right. a lot of times they don't even want you to make it that cool. They want it to look like something else that was popular in another movie. And you know, yeah. and you're trying to, that's one of the things I hated is you're trying to make their movie. Like all creatures do look the same as a whole for like a, a generation, like every 10 years. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh. Let's yeah. do the Cloverfield monster thing. Yeah. Everything kind of looks like the Cloverfield yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> then the next, it's like everything kind of looks like Predator or, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, but point being, I finally feel like, okay, I arrived. This is my thing. This is, this is, this is my thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, I just was painting on this thing for two. The flower right there? Yeah. Oh, oh that's a skull back there. Ooh. Yeah. What, what, okay. It's for, a pa it's it. for a painting for a, a show I'm going to be in next month. And I just did that. Like I, it was, I, I started painting in the evening and I went until like three 30 in the morning and I mm -hmm. felt so energized. Mm -hmm. I was just like, it just, I felt, it makes me feel like energized. I don't know how to describe it. And then the next night I did it again. I worked until four in the morning and it was just like, I just felt driven by this thing. But my point I was getting at is, um, I really have started to realize, um, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, I started learning magic, right? Meditation, mm -hmm. really focusing on meditation and stuff like this. And, um, I, you know, and I, and I learned enough to where I can, I can do, I can make things happen if I need to, or if I want to. Mm -hmm. And, but, th but to me, this is, this is more of, this is my mad, this is my spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And it, and it feels like, it, it ticks all the boxes of what a spiritual practice should be like, which is like um, uh, uh, humbling yourself to some kind of greater, higher power in the, in the creative process in the sense that if you want to make a good painting, you have to stay out of the way of, of it. You have to, it tells you what it wants to be. And you know, this from filmmaking, it's mm -hmm. like you can get, if you get hung up on an idea and you're like, no, it has to be this way, but a better idea comes in or because of some limitation, mm -hmm. if you're willing to go, if you're willing to, you know, you have the judgment to go like, that is better. That's better than right. the idea I had. Right. And I'm willing to like put my ego aside for the sake you're putting the project above your own ego Right. You know, for the sake of the project, because you're absolutely you're um, uh, you're you're uh, 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 humbling yourself to the the, the the painting. It's like this is mm -hmm. you're doing it. This is like you're offering to God mm -hmm. and 
you want, so you want it to be as amazing as possible. And so you don't, you have to not get hung up on what do I want? And and so the process is the painting tells you what it wants as you paint it. Like I started off and these were kind of like purple and I was like, you know what? It looks better white. And it's like, you know, I could have gotten hung up on, but this is my original vision, but Mm -hmm. no, it looks better this way. And so, and that's like a, you know, that's, that's a, uh, uh, of, of, you know, you're, you're humbling your, your ego is, you know, which it's, is, it's, it, it's wh- such a perfect, like the, the creative process, what you just described, I think is the best possible metaphor for uh, esoteric philosophy, because you just, you just put it right there. And, and we could say this on the, the smallest levels to the big of like, what's inside you mm-hmm. to the biggest levels, which is like, what's going on with the universe? Right. You know, you know what I mean? And it does seem to be this, this dance between um intellect which is i choose to do this here is my technical skills Mm -hmm. and i'm now going to set out to that destination or by my sailboat metaphor earlier it's like okay that's where i'm going over there 200 miles that way but the winds are blowing that way and there's a storm over there so i got to change course so actually and i I raise my sail which takes technique yeah. Right. That's your intellect mm-hmm. moving the sail around. But then you're going with the conditions of reality as as they are. Yeah. And uh, so you, you're 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 both strongly a technical expert that is using your technical mastery to humble yourself to the winds right. that are, are blowing. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about we we we'd played with the idea of d- divine mother. Right. Mm-hmm. As this great uh, esoteric symbol. Divine Mother being uh, one great way to describe the epitome of of life itself. Mm-hmm. Why why Mother? Because it's, it's it's that which birthed all things, and yeah. it's the best we could. It's the best metaphor, perhaps, for like, well, what is life energy? Right? Life energy is this the, this uh, symbol of of any Divine Mother, and it, you know, Goddess Isis or Goddess uh, Kali. In the image of Goddess Kali, you know, the the, the black multi armed goddess, she's standing on 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 Shiva. Shiva would be physical form we could say that would be the technique mm-hmm. she's standing on him standing on his heart animating him um without each other when, when she steps away he becomes shava the corpse who can't move mm. which is to say that intellect is nothing without that energy right right whatever that energy is and the energy is higher than intellect we cannot fathom or define exactly what it is mm-hmm. but the intellect can uh, uh be in a relationship but they could it could touch it Right. But it like it has to humble itself to it because mm-hmm. it's on top. Yeah. Yeah. So the creative energy is on top. Right. But it is a marriage yeah. between the two. And without Shiva being there, she's just the void. She's empty space. Right. So then energy can't go anywhere. It needs to actually be, be put into a machine or put into your intellect and put into technique. Mm-hmm. So it could actually become something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. In, infinity is kind of pointless to us here we make things but things are inspired by something higher than our intellect could understand so our intellect has to humble itself but then collaborate with divine mother or life energy itself whatever this and that's what the mystery of mystery schools are what is this force that that is us mm-hmm. you know what I mean? because i know i know my mind isn't me because it doesn't listen to me 
You know what I mean? (laughs) I tell it to shut up. I'm trying to sleep. And it's like, no, I'm going to stress you out. Uh, Same with body and emotions. It's like, hey, um, hey, body, wake up at five in the morning so I could start a jogging habit. It's like, nope. Yeah. But but, but I'm your boss. It's like, nope. Yeah. (laughs) Emotions. Hey, stop giving me anxiety. I'm your boss. It's like, nope, you're going to get anxiety. (laughs) It's like, okay, so I know I'm not those three things. The best I could deduce is I'm an energy behind them trying to power them, mm-hmm. animate them and get them to do what I want in, in a healthy collaboration, much like um, there's, there's a cat here, much like being a loving master to a pet. Ow. Oh, you jerk. Okay. Okay. She stepped on the keyboard. Are we still here? Yeah. <laughs> See, as I'm talking, literally, um, that was not a good collaboration with, um, with the, the metaphoric pet that is mind, body and emotions, which by the way, earlier, the mushroom story, the snake around the goddess's uh, neck that like um i came to find out that that is a, is a brilliant symbol the snake is a symbol across many cultures of of several things but primarily just the energies of the physical the energies of mind body and emotion mm. and it's like a snake because snakes will bite you if you treat them wrong right but if you if you treat them correctly like a good pet owner to a pet you collaborate together mm-hmm. and it's it's venom or poison um, you could uh, learn to turn it into medicine because medicine uh, right. originally was basically the turning of poison and venom into antidote. Mm-hmm. Or you know, yeah. so so when a snake is around um, a, a, a deity's shoulders, it is tamed, the loving pet. Oh, cool! It is the mastery of the physical, and again, that is what uh, the artistic process is. And if we are lucky. You get in that flow state. Yeah. And now the intellect and the life energy are seamlessly integrated. And boy, isn't that the best? And you don't want, you don't want to sleep. Yeah. You want to stay up 50 hours. Yeah. You are, it's, it's, it's a healthy addiction. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. You are happy. You are fulfilled. Even though it hurts. Yeah. Even yeah. though you're tired. Mm-hmm. It is, it is why life is worth living to yeah, fall it, into states like that. It's like that devotion to it's 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 if you imagine a a, a de- devoted monk or something devo- or a, or a a nun or whatever devoted to God in that way where it's like it, it, it's as cr- creative people and as artists we are devoted to expressing the idea like it's our job to express the idea and so that's why you have to keep improving your craft because you know that this hot this this art god or whatever you want to call it this higher thing you know it exists and it's real you and i know and so in order to honor it we make artwork to honor the art god and it's like you don't want it you want to bring it this is God we're talking about. This is not some bullshit. This is like, you want to make sure you're making the most amazing piece to present to God or to honor God or to honor whatever this thing is, this spirit, the mother, whatever, the, the art spirit. Or yeah, whatever. Because we can't name it. Yeah, so yeah. We Once you name it, you're not talking about words it. Words so are a feeble you to, technology. Yes, you have to talk around it. Uh, yeah. But so it's like, uh, uh, that's that makes you want to improve too that makes you want to keep working on your technical skills so that you can uh do the uh the ultimate thing to do as an artist is to express the idea as good as you possibly can mm-hmm. that's your job that's how that's our mm-hmm. job as artists it's mm-hmm. like 
And so we have to make sure that we're up to the task, you know? And so, mm-hmm. so it, it makes you really want to be great at your craft. So it, basically there's all these, I just found all these analogies to like a, a spiritual, spiritual devotion or, or regardless of how you feel about spirituality or God, or if you're an atheist, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, um, as an analogy, it's, it's a spirit, mm-hmm. it's a spiritual practice, I believe, mm-hmm. creating mm-hmm. art. Um, yeah. And, and, and I believe because you're so engaged with, with caring yeah. uh, about its quality through, through the process, you're learning. Yeah. And yeah. then eventually whatever you, you do that enough times now you've, you've learned, you know, say you learned two or three new things over, over the past 10 years of painting. Okay. Now, now those are part of you. Yeah. So what's the next couple things to learn? And this is, this is a, this is where it gets tricky. And what I'm about to say, I don't have a, a full confidence in, but I like to play with it. Then it's like, okay, is this for an audience or not? There now, let's say it is for an audience, and maybe because there's also income tied into it. And this is where it gets so tricky because it's like we just talked about the most non-monetary thing in the world, and then often it becomes part of the exchange of money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, learning about the the extremes of that is also an educational experience. And then maybe the time comes where that's mastered. Now you're a master of, 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 biz, of business without losing yourself to it. Okay, right. cool. And then, so I, I ran this by, um, I did a, a, a talk with um, uh, uh, Swami Bajanananda who runs the Kali Mandir, Goddess Kali Temple in Laguna Beach, and uh, Swami Sarvadevananda who runs the um, Vedanta Center in Hollywood. And I was sort of asking questions along these lines, what we're talking about. Like, well, what about when I want want to do, I, I didn't say when I want to sell paintings for money, right. but um, but it was along those lines. And he said, uh, for their metaphors, worshiping go- a goddess, mm-hmm. uh, mother goddess Kali, they said, oh, well, what, you, what you're doing in life is you're, you're wishing like a child to a mother, please help me become a millionaire selling my paintings or, or being a filmmaker. And she goes, okay, like, you know, I'll help guide you to become that, which might be a path and there's suffering and hard lessons. And then you become that. And then you're like, okay, now I want something else. Yeah. <laughs> so you go, Mother, give me this. And she's like, okay, I'm going to set you on the path to make that happen. And you'll get it. And you'll be like, cool. Now I want something else. And uh, they say the whole goal eventually, and their reincarnation uh, uh, folks, you know, they, they believe in the reincarnations. They're like, after many lifetimes, soon you actually don't want anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want anything in the material world. And you naturally just go like, I just want to uh, f- form a way to communicate with life energy itself, which mm-hmm. is what I am behind mind, body, and emotion. And then that's it. That's all there is. Yeah. 24-7, that's all I want to do. Life might get in the way. Uh, and those are like, you have to eat food. Okay, eat food. Now that's out of the way. Back yeah. to it. Right. And and so he said the meaning of life at the end of all this stuff uh, is to actually just learn to communicate with life energy itself, mm-hmm. which is you. Right. Because once you understand what life energy is, theoretically, you now understand everything because life energy is what all things are made of. And matter is just slowed down life energy and, you know, right. uh, th- th- things like that. So maybe the day will come. Where you're like, I'm done painting, <laughs> yeah, right. or maybe not. Maybe it will be the direct path entirely to learning all things, which it also. Yeah, that, that. I mean, that's how it feels, and I have changed enough. I, ch- you know, I changed careers in the middle middle age or thirty, mm. not middle mm. age, but your age probably, 
or a 33 mm-hmm. mid thirties, whatever is when I 33 ch- Jesus years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I, that's when I was like, I'm going to be a painter. Um, uh-huh. but I think what, what, the way I see it is, uh, it's like also your artwork, the other, the, in the other way that it is, is like a spiritual thing is your artwork is, is the, it gives you access to your subconscious mind. And so For sure. you're aside from uh, just painting for fun and creating something. It's like, if you're, especially, I think if you're, I don't know, I, I think for every artist that's really creating from their soul or from the source or whatever you want to call it, it, it's teaching you something about yourself. It's like, I can look at paintings from all through my, my life and I can, and it's like, I can tell what they're about. So it's like, it's a way of learning about yourself. So not only are you learning, you're learning your craft to make this amazing piece. Each piece is like a new key to the puzzle of who you are. You right. Know? Well, it's, it's very fascinating because what you're, you know, touching your subconscious, touching these creative energies that are like kind of hidden from your intellect, because maybe it's bigger than your intellect. You know, the intellect is like, oh, I yeah. can only be grabbing little crumbs of it. And eventually I could smush the crumbs together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But one one could say, well, what is the what is the thing life seems to do when we zoom out? And this this is also science. Atheism will also line up with the religious paradigm on this one. What does life seem to do? The life wave that seems to be pushing through all of Mother Nature, and we're just one piece of that. It seems to create just because, right? Like like the grand story of esoteric philosophy is first there's nothing. And that's that's divine mother, mm-hmm. you know, the, the void that is that is the potential of all things. So then it goes, OK, I'm going to make stuff. Yeah. I'm make time and space. Boom. Big bang. Right. And out comes light, the subtlest form of matter. And the light somehow becomes uh, uh, the periodic table of elements and those smush together. And that's somehow becomes matter, which smushes together and some somehow becomes a planet. Mm-hmm. Planets now basically slowed down, dumbed down light that is now a a solid object. And then somehow life hops out of it and and it goes up these different rungs first as uh, a dead rock, then as crystals, which are rock, but they could grow when they eat quote unquote eat when they're fed the correct conditions of water and minerals and stuff. And there's an evolutionary leap to plants, which inside of them operate by holding crystals, sugar crystals and sodium and whatnot to hold energy. But they they are like, but now they're alive and, and they could they could grow. They could start connecting point A to point B. Then there's an evolutionary leap to animals, which have the systems, uh, 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 the, the neurology systems, the respiratory systems, circulatory systems, lymphatic systems. Those are like plants inside of this new entity. And then animals connect point A to point B even faster. And then they make an evolutionary leap to humans, which are all of the, we're like animals with this extra thing, Mm -hmm. our prefrontal cortex and stuff. So we're animals, but we connect point A to point B yet even faster. So, So life seems to be, first life created, it was creative for seemingly no reason. Mm -hmm. So life energy and creating for no reason seem to be, identical characteristics and the next thing it does is it it seems to try to push matter in this case that'd be our mind body and emotions to connect point a to point b faster more robustly and with more understanding and with more of a relationship with 
life energy itself. And here we are as humans and we just embrace somehow going, oh, I'm going to be like life energy. I'm going to create for no reason. And I'm going to evolve in the process. Right. Well, well, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's it though. That's to, to me, that's like, that's, that's it. That's what life does. It creates and everything happens to keep creating everything. That's, that's the purpose of everything happening is so that it just keeps going and keeps like Mm -hmm. expressing itself in different ways. And that's, that's the artist path. It's like, you know, as a creator, it's like your whole point is to keep creating and maybe that's it. I, I actually think that is what it is. Well, and then and then by creating, it's never easy, right? Like, yeah, I you, think sometimes yeah. every now and then it's easy, but inevitably, we're, like you suffer every time a million we, we, ways for for it, for sure. Yeah, every time we satisfy a desire, a new one pops up, and it and it starts driving us. Mm-hmm. And um, if I think in a way, if you're lucky, what you do for a living is that thing. That keeps like that means your hobby and what you do for a living are the same exact thing. Sometimes right. I think people it has to they work their nine to five and then their hobby is the, the, mm-hmm. their passion. But like folks like yourself who who discovered painting or or whatever action it is, it could be cooking, it could be healing yeah. as a doctor, whatever. Um, that is that is the school that keeps throwing new and new desires. Uh, new point B's to run towards, and then you you hit the obstacles along the way. Because anytime you have a new bigger goal, you have new obstacles, and then and then so that's what's evolving you. So embracing the creative process is uh, a spiritual act. But then we could distill it from an engineering perspective. Like perhaps, what is a spiritual act? Is it perhaps allowing life energy to workshop problems? of the mind, body, emotions in, in, in the realm of time and space. So you evolve above the problems and then you conquer that. And now cool, new problems to face until maybe eventually, uh, uh, and we're getting very Eastern Buddhist Hindu here. Mm-hmm. There's no more problems to solve. Cool. Now you can go to that realm we were talking about earlier where uh, 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 you can connect point A to point B instantly. And right. um, this is often personified uh, in, in the Egyptian symbolism so brilliantly. First, there's Osiris. Uh, uh, and and he falls victim to his twin brother Set or ignorance. He falls mm-hmm. victim to ignorance, and then he's reborn as Horus, who's immune to those ignorances, and they battle it out for like a thousand years. Sometimes Star Wars style, fighting mm-hmm. each other, and other times literally courtroom style, arguing. Yeah, Horus wins. He's now the master of his kingdom called himself. So then he's reborn one more time as an entity called Harpocrates, a little baby, mm-hmm. who who has the shh over his face. And then that's the peak form. That is you, you, you've now overcome the sufferings and jadedness of, of learning all of these hard lessons. And now you could be like a baby again, which is open and curious mm-hmm. and has a pure relationship with divine mother, creative energies itself, life energies itself. Um, but minus the naive, the naivete, all right. babies yeah, yeah, are, yeah. are wonderful, but they're dumb as fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so to be not dumb, you have to go through all this yeah. stuff. Okay, now you're mastered and you could be like a baby. And and, and why the shh? Why the why why the why the finger over the mouth? Because silence is a symbol 
of of what is that the, the peak state the peak entity the divine mother the void the 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 epitome of life and cre- creative energy itself because that would be silence mm-hmm. and the reason we say silence is because you can't create it you can't create silence you can only remove noise right so in essence to be in relation to that silence is as the learning to remove the noise of all of all existence yet while existing right <laughs> like how can you shut up the noise of the mind, the noise of the body, the noise of the emotions, the noise of the IRS, the noise of the need to eat three meals a day? Mm-hmm. How can you reconcile all of that so then you can have a relationship with the only thing that matters, which is that creative energy, mm-hmm. that life energy, that urge that drives us to do stuff like paint? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or make movies. And I know, uh, <laughs> I don't know a single painter, no matter how successful, who isn't dealing with still the bullshit problems of like commerce. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just life. You know, it's like, uh, that's just, it's going to happen no matter what for most people, for, for right. anybody. Right. Uh, but that's the thing about like making money is, 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 uh, you know, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to make money. And, it's like, I really, uh, don't, it's funny. I had this realization not long ago that, you know, cause I've always been trying to like get better financially. It's just been this, you know, common thread. Running money, through my money, life. money equals freedom in so many yeah, ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's, and it's, <laughs> I just finally came to this, this, uh, this realization that, um, I don't, I really don't care about money beyond, knowing that I don't have to worry about paying my bills. That's fucking right. it. And yeah. fixing my house. Cause I don't want, you know, that's like my one thing that I own is my house, getting right. my house painted, getting a new roof. Yeah. So that my roof doesn't cave in. And it's right. like, I don't go anywhere. I don't want to go to fancy parties. I don't want to f- drive a, a, like a, a sports car around mm-hmm. and look cool. I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. I just want, everything paid so I can focus on my artwork. That's what Mm -hmm. I want. That's Mm -hmm. why I want the money (laughs) is so I, so I don't have to worry about that shit. And it's like, uh, uh, it's, it's all about the art to me. So, so per this idea, you know, life is a school, not a prison or a vacation. I I think Albert Pike said that, uh, uh, Anyway, um, there's this idea that the, the great symbol of what we're talking about here is like, oh, but it's actually important, like as part of the, the 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 school that we're in, worrying about that shit, like your house, your your physical health, um, uh, uh, you know, paying the utility bill. The reason that unfortunate scenario exists is part of the education because mm-hmm. um, we're often defined, we're born as a broken pillar and uh, we're trying to like assemble and that's almost like our psychology and our our control of mind body emotion and our relationship to the world and what we want to do if we really perfect it <laughs> is uh we build the pillar and the bottom of the pillar is touching earth matter mm-hmm. all this uh, like the roof right. of your house the things we unfortunately have to worry about entropy things things that fall right. apart um transitory things so they're not they're not necessarily real because they're not forever right. where energy is forever right so then the bottom of the pillar is standing on the material and the top of it is touching the heavens. It's like, that's what you're supposed to be at least while we're here. You know what I mean? Um, If you go by the, the, the rationale of Buddhist and Hindu monks, they actually reach a point where they kind of decide they're like, I'm kind of done here. Right. I think, I think um, 
I think I'll just die in three weeks. And they like, they, they decide it and their body like right. just falls over three weeks later and they go to the next thing or, or, yeah. or whatever. Um, but it's always, it's always almost kind of nice to know or subscribe to this theory that like the suffering of dealing with entropy in the material um, is always going to be there. Like, let's say what, let's say you won the lottery. Mm-hmm. Okay, congratulations, you got $200 million. You're still going to have material things to worry about. You're going to... Oh, yeah. Um, then you have to worry about your losing ankle. your money. Right. And then, well, and then and maybe the maybe the pain, the bills part goes away, but then um, you get pneumonia. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, like, there's always impending death. That's like, yeah. no matter what happens, you're going to die, and, the, and the, that will eventually become your your worry. Yeah, and, then, and then you'll still be painting, and I'm going to make the assumption that even though you love painting you still enter those realms where you're like, God, this is going horribly. I suck. I've lost it. Oh, yeah, this thing's yeah. not going well. I should burn it. I should quit. <laughs> so you're oh, still yeah, going to yeah. deal with that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or or maybe even a worse curse is you never deal with that ever again. And now you're bored of it. And now you're like, now what do I do? I've mastered painting. I'm the greatest painter who ever lived. And everyone loves me. And I'm making billions of dollars. Now I'm bored. Right. And that boredom is an emptiness. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like... Um, there's an interesting documentary. I, I, I wouldn't call it spiritual, um, but it's called uh, Stutz, I think. It's on Netflix. Jonah Hill, the actor, made a documentary oh, about yeah. his therapist. Yeah, I've seen that. And yeah. I forgot a lot of the details, but one of them is you must acknowledge there will always be hard work and suffering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't get, like at best, every now and then there's those days where it's like everything in life is going well. Uh, I, I, the project I was doing just finished. It was successful. I got paid and I cleaned the house and I'm feeling good. And you sit down and you could sit in that for like 20 minutes. And then guess what? Now I'm hungry. Yeah. Uh Oh, you know, now I have things to do, right? Yeah, like yeah. there's always chores. There's always yeah. work and work is suffering. So it's kind of interesting to go, well, that's just the way it is. It's like, all right, well, if I could just accept that, then yeah, well, you can't win and there's no answer. That's the one thing I always that's the one thing I always come back to. There's no answer. You can't win. The game is rigged. It's like, you know, I'm half of course half joking, but it's like no matter what you can't, but that's very zen too. You can't you can't escape it. You can't escape right. this. There's no way out. There's no way out. You you know, you 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 uh outsmart reality in this way and it's going to come and get you over here and the only way to deal with it is just to to accept it as it it is really and be okay with it as it is you know and i and that's why i like it's always i'm always playing with well what what's the what's the goal and uh i don't i don't know Hmm. like i said we've played with the idea that meaningful work and, and treating work as a as a evolutionary process seems to sound pretty good um but Choose happiness is the goal doesn't seem to work because happiness goes away. Right. Like you can't hold the happy state yeah. forever. Um, okay. So it's not happiness. It's not money. Even though money is a, a tool that really takes a lot of problems off the table. I, I, I like money. Uh, I, and I dislike not having it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I think the the best I got, and this is, this is pure. It's so good that we're having this conversation because what the artist does seems to be the best answer I've come across in my decades being obsessed with looking into this stuff. And that is, you know, there's suffering, you know, you're going to hate yourself, you know, there's going to be obstacles that drive you crazy, but doing work you find meaningful, uh, the side effect can be happiness, the side effect can be fulfillment. 
and knowing that there's actually not an end. You could be fulfilled for like a week. Right. I think that's as long as fulfillment lasts a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's, but that week's it's... really cool when it happens. <laughs> I've had like three or four of those weeks in my life and then I go, and now the next thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, 10 more years of suffering. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, I look back on, you know, even that ego death show. It's like, that was so epic. So epic. You, you think that, you know, as I'm sure an artist who hasn't gotten to that point might look at some, if they went to that show, which if you're, because mm. it was, a, it was a crazy, it was beyond it's theatrical. Me. It, it, it was, it was, it, it, was there, it had the, the magic was there. It came together yeah. beyond me. It wasn't me. It was like something else. Everything came together. Um, you think, uh, oh, you could ride that. You'd ride that satisfaction out the rest of your life. And it's like, no, no, it's cool. It's amazing. It's or seeing your name on a film. I remember the first time I saw my name in a movie, I was so excited. And then it's like, okay, now if I just had the Ghostbusters toys that my neighbor has, then (laughs) I'd be happy. Same thing. Or or getting my, (laughs) I finally got my name on a title card in a movie. Not right. long ago, at the beginning of the movie, and I was like, "Which oh, movie, by the way?" Uh, it's called Bliss. It's like a indie weird horror horror movie exploit art exploitation film, mm-hmm. like a like a you know. You, you'll, you'll have to. It's, send wor- me the it's worth watching. It's 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 okay. Joe awesome. Joe Begas directed. It's it's okay. Uh, shot. It's all shot on sixteen millimeter. Uh huh. Interesting. Interesting. You know, he 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 intentionally shot it all in sixteen millimeter when he could have made it look like sixteen millimeter. But no, it's well, great. But but so you so you got your name on the title. Anyway, part I got my name movie. Yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. But. And but so it's like that's you know you think every time you you get something, it's like it's not uh, it's not ultimately satisfying. And that, right. But but that's I think the the key is that that that's okay. It's not supposed to be. And as long as you're okay with that, then you're not looking for this thing to save you. These are more like you're doing it for fun. Oh, right. I'm going to I'm going to get this goal. Oh, that was cool. Now I want to mm-hmm. do this goal. It's more like the attitude, it's a, it's like a having a playful attitude about life and your goals is 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 better than thinking that this thing is going to save you. This thing's if I only reach this, my life's going to be perfect. It's like, right. that's not the way it works. You have to kind of just like have fun with it and know that it's, it goes away. It's fun. It goes away. And it's just, you know what I'm saying? So, so absolutely a hundred percent. And it's, I almost like esoteric philosophy, which does play with, um, it, it gets into all the, the magician mystic stuff is in all that. I think it's, it's, it's main purpose more than anything is actually just going just here's how things work you're not always gonna like it it's just like the weather sometimes it's raining outside and you're not a fan of rain but it's raining outside you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like just actually just accepting you know here's reality as it is and it sucks and it and it and it it sucks to deal with the stuff that sucks but to understand that, that that that's actually just part of the of the cycles of all things you know just like if you want to use the metaphor of like exercise you lift weights oh it's hard oh i'm sore i can barely get out of bed the next morning but then 
you become stronger. And it's like, oh, I see that pain and discomfort and soreness was actually part of the process. Now I understand at least, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And it doesn't make it suckless. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And then in, I think that's one of the most important things like that our society could really use, which is just like, can we try to understand the most basic rules of how the world works, be honest about it. And then once we're there, then we could start facing problems. I think one of the hardest things is uh, uh, it's so common for us humans, especially in the modern day, to have relationships with with um, uh, 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 false narratives of how things work. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a whole industry is about like you should never, you should never face discomfort, right? Mentally, physically, or emotionally, ever. Yeah. Well, that's kind and, of and, yeah. Everything's kind of geared towards right minimizing and then, your and suffering. Then, and then uh, on the same coin would be like, and a leader will save you and yeah. eliminate everything that's causing suffering for you and everyone. Yeah. And also give you everything you want. Yeah. So you never have to face discomfort ever again. Vote vote for me. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, so 2024. It's so childish. <laughs> you know? It's so childish. And that, that, and that opens like the that. door up to then actually being uh, manipulated. Yeah. And then once in the realm of manipulation, new hells arise. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... You know, there's a baseline, there's baseline uh, uh, hells that exist in, 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 in reality, no matter what entropy for one, the need that we have to um, absorb energy from other living things to exist. And those living things might just be plants. And that might be, you know, that's a whole different ethical conversation, but um, inevitably you are consuming another living thing Mm -hmm. to exist, which is sort of a a quasi parasitic way to be. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, um, uh, we have enough to deal with. And if we could just face it honestly, uh, and this is why, you know, these fun dorky conversations we have while eating pizza uh, about <laughs> philosophy and how it works and mysticism and magic and all that stuff. It ultimately, I think, comes down to some very basic, blunt, common sense stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's the mm-hmm. that's the childlike mind you, you come back to in the end, I think, is that uh, it's all the simple stuff you learned when you're a kid, basically, and it's like you have to go through and test everything and then make it all complex. And then you get back to these, you know, these these Buddhist enlightened masters are just like giggly, yep. fun, chill guys oh. who are just like, whatever. Osiris, <laughs> the Horus, the Harpocrates, or sometimes they say from cradle to cross to crown to cradle. Cradle, you're a baby, right. you're dumb, but you're loving. Oh, I got to learn things the hard way. Oh, that's the cross. I'm being crucified on the, the cross represents yeah. materiality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the four elements. Uh, okay, I'm suffering on it as I learned my lessons. Oh, I've now died to this and transcended it. Right. Now I'm above it. Oh, I have the crown. I'm now the, the king of, of my city called me. And now only then can I be like a baby again and yeah. be happy and giggly. And, yeah. and and those monks generally are that way because they don't got to worry about a lot of stuff. They don't even have the roofs to, to worry about leaking necessarily. Right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although I have actually, I have yet to ever meet in my life um, anyone, including I've been around a lot of monks and nuns of every paradigm. I've yet to come across one who who is completely removed from materiality. Like they might live in caves. They might, uh, like, I actually know a dude who lives in a cave. Wow. But there, that cave is on property that costs money. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there is always, God, you can't escape it. You can't, they say um, Saturn is the symbol of, of, uh, of, you know, the epitome of the physical, 
and and they say that because that's the farthest planet you could see with the naked eye. Right. Like that's where the symbolism kind of came mm-hmm. from. There might be more to it, but um, and he, did the symbolism of Saturn deduced is the great uh, drill sergeant who's uh, uh, the great CrossFit trainer who's trying to teach you to then be stronger than him, mm-hmm. and and that's the physical existence. You know what I mean? Right. So in the, I guess the weirdly enough, one of the best things we could do about it is do what you're doing. Find our version of. 18. Yeah, Maybe. exactly. Also, every single thing I just said, I stand by it with confidence, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I might be full of shit. It might be every single thing I just said is dumb. But and we didn't get into it too much, but uh but I do like the the symbolism and art history that yeah. tries to explain this stuff. So that's the best I got. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I, I you know, yeah, we're we're at uh past past an well, an hour 40. Okay, I got to let you go. I but hopefully um You'll come back on again because there was anytime you want. Okay, I okay. love. This. Let's let's set it. Well, after this, we'll set up a part two because yes. there was a whole bunch of other stuff that I wanted to talk to you about: dark art, art symbology. There's a lot that we didn't cover, so so let's do I that. Love it. We'll do Whenever that. you want. Okay, excellent. So, all right, let's wrap it up then. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Super enjoyed talking to you, like I knew I would. Like we just like when we have pizza. Um, yes. The only thing left to do is you have to say goodbye to everybody. So, so we customarily say goodbye to the audience in whatever way you would like. So. Um, thank you, and goodbye. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening.